Rabbi Yisai, good morning, a good Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parashas, Devarim, we're beginning a new Sefer, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Shabbos Chazayin, the, the Shabbos right before Tishabov, where we read the Haftarah of Chazayin Yeshayahu ben Amoitz, and we're holding in, in the days, the nine days where we're, we're mourning the Beis HaMikdosh, Last night I was able to go with the Rebetzin. We went to the Kaisal Hamaravi in order to daven, and literally there were thousands and thousands of people that were coming from all over. Um, the Rebetzin and I said that we want to go in order to be able to try to daven and to express to the Rebbeinu Shalom our fervent prayers that we should be Hashem, that we shouldn't have to sit on the floor this Tish above. We should be zeichem to the rebuilding of the base of Mignosh. As someone mentioned to me this morning, as I was going shopping, he said, you should be zoiche to a fleishike, a fleishike yantif, a fleishike tishabav. It should be turned into a big simcha. And uh, this is what we hope and was we aspire. When we saw the amounts of people that were coming from all walks of life, yidden with yarmulkes, without yarmulkes, coming by the droves in order to be close to the base of Mignesh, to the to the remnants of the base of Mikdash, to the Kaisal Maravi, that in itself shows how much we are attached, even though we're close to 2,000 years after the destruction of the base of Mikdash. It's really an amazing, amazing, uh, amazing, amazing event that we have such a Klai Yisrael, that's a Zoycha, to have such a Shaykhus after all of these years. I want to speak a little bit about the Inyanim of Tishabav and Eicha, and the parsha, there's a separate part, which I said last year, which will attach to this podcast. But Mirza Hashem, we should be through our trying our utmost to reflect upon what we're missing and what we want to regain. We should be zoichet Mirza Hashem to the Gula Amen. I saw that I said that in a, a younger man for many many years, from the time he was a young Yeshua Bachri, he writes letters. Questions to the great guy in the Saratari of Chaim Shlita. And he has literally hundreds and hundreds of answers and questions about all areas of life, halacha and ashkofa. And he keeps it in a safe in his house. It's the most precious possession that he has. And recently he was showing his son some of the notes that he wrote literally 30 years ago. And uh, he asked Reb Chaim that the halacha is. It's brought down in Shulchan Aruch that during the week, if a person, before he benches, he should take the knife that you used to cut, the sakin, used to cut the bread, and you should hide it, you should cover it. And the reason is, because it's brought down, that once a person was saying the bracha of Birchas HaMazen, and he was saying, and he has such tsar, from the fact that the base of Mikdash was destroyed, that he picked up the knife and he stabbed himself and he killed himself. So for that reason, we still have the custom during the week that we cover over the second. I remember my grandfather was always very, very mocked, but in this minute, and I try myself to follow in his footsteps as well. It's brought down in Shulchan Aruch. A person should do it. That's one of the halachas. So this Avreich, Esther Chaim, many, many years ago, he says, it's such a chash rochik, that a person is going to take a knife, he's going to stab himself. It happened once, but, you know, what does it got to do with us? <laughs> so Reb Chaim answered him, 
that once upon a time there were people that they actually felt the destruction of the Vesem Mignesh, what's called in their banner, in their bones, they felt the sorrow. They said, like, you know, if we would say, we had a good friend that he had a, uh, there's a Chaim didn't say, we'll add on to Reb Chaim's words. A, a good friend of ours, an uncle, a, a relative, had a beautiful home, and the home was destroyed. It was, it, was, it was destroyed by a fire. We would feel pain. We feel suffering. We see now what's going on with the tremendous calamity of those people that were killed in Miami and throughout the entire time period. We've had so many and so many events. And we feel pain. We feel suffering. We feel it. So how much more so we should feel that the Rabbanishlam's house is destroyed and he has no place to be so we should mourn that. So if a person really understood that, and that's the way people were, people really had a connection. So they would feel such sufferings, feel such pain. So therefore, it's not a chashash rachik, it's a chashash karav. This is what Reb Chaim said. And uh, I saw another Maisa, Yid, Reb Shmuel Dom, he's one of the Rabbanim in, 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 in Kirat Sefer, I think. And he used to, when he was younger, his grandmother used to make a delicious luxion. She would mix it with milk. And it was very sweet, and it was very good. And uh, it was like a delicacy. He always remembered his, his grandmother's luxion. Just as Maimra Muska, the Rebbe, gave out last night, we had some guests, and she gave them some cookies. She said, these are bubby cookies. And she said that she hopes that she'll be remembered by her grandchildren, because she has grandchildren, they ask her, they want a bubby cookie. That's a tremendous connection that you have with grandparents. So this bubby used to make a delicious luxion. And this Rav, when he was younger, used to eat it. And one time he remembers that it was during the nine days his, his grandmother made this delicious luxion with milk because it was the nine days you can't eat meat. And when he tasted it, it, it didn't taste so good. So he said to his grandmother, he says, Bobby is a taim. She says, why isn't it taim? He says, no, it's missing sugar. You always put sugar in here. So she said to him, was the nine tag and the vils sugar? What, the, it's during the nine days? And you want to have sugar? This is like, it's such a deep, it's such a small story, but has such a deep meaning into it. It means if we really, truly are connected to the destruction of the Beis HaMignosh and everything that emanates from the Beis HaMignosh, so how can we allow ourselves to have uh, our own trivial pursuits, our own Hanois, our small Hanois? It just, it, it doesn't reflect on the fact that we, we're connected to the Churban Beis HaMignosh and this is something we have to contemplate during these days. And and, and, and we, we have to recognize that the more we mourn, the more we're connected, we're connected to the mourning of the Beis HaMignosh, we're connected to the Kedush of the Beis HaMignosh, then um, we we have a connection to the Nechama, as it says, Today happens to be the art site of the Slanam Rebbe, the Nesiva Shalom, Reb Shalom Noich Brzovsky, who I had a personal shaykhus with. And uh, I saw brought down that his son, one of his sons, not the Rebbe, he has a, one of the sons is the, is the present day Rebbe, his brother, also very Choshev Yid, says when they were younger, it was during the, during the, the, the time period living in Eretz Yisrael, they were poor, and his father decided to open the yeshiva as a remnant, as a Sherisah Plata for those people that came. And I remember hearing from the Son of Rebbe himself that he told me that when he started the yeshiva, it started with two and a half bachram. And then it became a whole yeshiva with, with, uh, with and today a chasidus. But in those days, 
there was mamish echad mini yelif that they had, and people were dis- were, were, were destute, and people didn't have any money, and he himself was very very poor, and they lived in a in a in a house or a room in Meishorim that during the winter there was no heat, and his they, he said that his father when he would find an, an eggs he would bring two eggs home it was big considered like a delicacy. And him and his brother would split one egg, and his mother and his father would split the other egg. And that was a delicacy. They had a little couch that was used as a bed, and they had no blankets. In the middle of the winter, it was freezing cold. And they were mamas frozen. And the father, his father used to sit up at night and would learn shows after shows from a little lamp. And the only time that the only way they were able to, 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 to somehow get through the winter nights is that the grandfather. The, the old Slonim Rebbe, who was still alive, sent them an old coat that he had. And they used to, they used to two of them, him and his brother, would, would cover themselves with this, with this, um, with this, not blanket, this coat, to keep themselves warm. He remembers when he became older, and he was starting in the parish of Shaduchim, and he went out on the Shaduch, and he went to meet the in-laws, and his father then was very, very sick. His father suffered a lot. It seems he had kidney problems, and he was mamish deathly ill. And he came back from the Shidduch and his father told him to come close. And he said to him, no, tell me, how was the Shidduch? And tell me a little bit about the in-laws, about the possible in-laws. So he said, Tati, he says, now your mom is sick. And he was, mom is in the Sakonis He said, the doctor said, you're not supposed to speak. I don't want to be matriarch. I'll speak to you later about it. So the Rishlam said then, read the Oilam Dafgain Viter in the Nesiyah. He says, there's a, there's a vart that is said, a Yiddish vart, that the oilam continues, we continue in our lives. This is something which we have to recognize, no matter how difficult the times are with the Chorban Abayas, but we, consider, we can continue to build our Jewish homes, to build it with the Kedush of Shabbos, with the Chinuch of Yoladim, especially in the times that we're, we're, we're living in today, to recognize how important Shabbos is, how important the Indian of education is to be Moshe Nefesh as, as much as we can for the Shabbos. So this is also all part of a, a, connect, a connection to the Churban Abayas when we see that we have yard sites of great people. We recognize how much Kedusha they brought into the world. Tomorrow on Shabbos is the yard site of a Yid who wasn't from the Hasidic Shavelt, the Alta from Kelim, the Saba Mikelim who built the Beis HaTalmud of the the Kelim or Beis Talmud, I heard from Yidden that learned in the in Kelim what kind of place it was. Rabbi Yeruchim, who was a Talmud of the Alter from Kelim, Alter from Kelim was from the premier Talmudim from the Rabbi Shmuel Salanter. Rabbi Yeruchim said that he just walked into the Beis Medrash and already he was a different mensch. And he used to say over that a person that walked into the Beis Medrash of Kelim even once in his life automatically he would do tshuva. They had a tremendous, tremendous uh, um, way of teaching the Midah of Emes. Everything was surrounded by Emes. And um, the people that learned there, they not only learned Bahasmada Gedoyla, but they worked on the Tikkun Hamidus. They worked on Musar. And I saw brought down that there were sometimes the, one of the, 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 the Alta from Kelim and his son-in-law, Daniel, they People, if they had a special thing about people coming on time, I mean, there the, the site was very, very important. And every once in a month, they have they would have an asifa, they would have a gathering, 
and they would announce in public who were the people that came on time during the Seder and the people that wouldn't come on time. And that would be like the biggest uh, musr. The, if you didn't come on time, it was considered a grace. Uh, and they didn't they didn't berate the point. They just said, oh, these, this one came on time, this one didn't come on time. And that in itself was considered the musr. Like a little rem is like in Parashas Devarim. They didn't have to say more than that. Rabbi said, we had Beis Hamignosh Ma'atz, which were connected to Beis Hamignosh Agolo. This is what we mourn for. And I just want to mention one thing that we say in the Eicha, the Pasuk says, Speaking about Klayisho, the Klayisho is crying. Speaking about the Klayisho, that her tears are on her cheeks. She has no one to comfort her. So Rashi HaKadosh points out that she's constantly crying. She's uh, she's I saw brought down a Gavaldika Medrash. The Medrash says that it's really a, a depiction of what happened during the Churban Abayas when the Romans came in. They took the Bachure Cheme, they took the, the young boys, they tied their hands behind their backs, they beat them, and they uh, the, the the boys were crying. But because they were they were crying over the Chorpen Beis Amignosh, crying over all the people that died, and because their hands were tied behind their backs, dim they weren't even able to wipe off the tears that were on their cheeks. And it says that the, the tears of the cheeks, they were literally saturated into the skin, and it was like mamash yusurim on top of yusurim, that it remained on the lechya. So it seems to be that this is like a tremendous tsar, but there's another medrash. The medrash says that every place where it says ain, there is. For instance, it says over here, it says ain la menachem. There's no one to mourn. Later on it says ain la menachem. But there are menachem. The medrash brings them a few cases. For instance, it says by um, Reb Levi says, in there is. It says, Vatihi Sora Akara, Ain Love Lad. Sora was barren, she couldn't have any children. And then she had Hashem Hashem Pakata Sora. Kadushbarhu opened up her womb that she could have children. Chana, it says, Lachana Ain La Yuladim. And she had Pakat Hashem as Chana. Kadushbarhu gave her to have children. Tsiyan, Dairish Ainla. Tsiyan, there's no one that's looking after, no one's searching for him. And there are. It says, Uva is going to bring the Tzion back. There's going to be a Geula. It says, We said before, Ein Menachem. Speaking about Yushalayim, It says, Anoichi, Anoichi, Humenachem. Baruch is going to comfort us. So it's a, this is really a side, and this is really what the Medrash is saying. Ein Menachem. Constantly crying. But that yesoid is really the yesoid of what the Medrash is saying. That whenever we're continuing and it looks like we don't have, that's when we do have. When we cry, that is the yotzer or. That brings out the or. And this is really what we hope and we pray. That even though we're in the midst of darkness and we see we're surrounded by, by all kinds of illnesses, 
all kinds of makas that are happening in the world. Just today you hear what's going on. Hundreds of people are dying in different places of the world. It's all to remind us of the Churban Abayas, but in the midst of the Chayshech and the Arafel, we know we have a promise, Ki and Teitzit So in the midst of the crying, Rabbi Zay, we urge everybody, we should be Zaycha, this Shabbos, it should be Chazayin Yeshayah Ben And in the place of Ein Menachem, Mirz Hashem, it should be Anoichi, Anoichi Menachemchem. Wishing everyone a meaningful tainus. We should be Zaycha Mirz Hashem to the base Hamigdash Hashlishi Bimheir Yameinu. Together with Gans Kla Yisrael, and we should be Zaycha Mitz Hashem to Tzion B'Mishpat Tigale. Rabbi Sai, good morning, good morning, a good air of Shabbos, Shabbos Kaidish, Parshish Devarim, Shabbos Kaidish, Parshish Chazain, Shabbos Kaidish in the month of Av. So let's start off by saying, first of all, that the month of Av. We all know that we're in it, and we are feeling it more this year, as we've mentioned in the last few schmoozes, that there's no question that's aced Tzorah Yaakov. It's a time of Tzorahs to Yaakov. But the Ben Yishchai says a little bit of optimism. He says the month of Av, Av means father. And he explains that in the future, that this month, Mitzvah will be the father of all of the months, all of the Chadoshim, because as deep as the Golas and as deep as the Tsaris are, we know that Maruba, Tova, Maruba, Memina Peronius, that the traits of goodness are always greater than the traits of the sorrows. And the Pasik says, Samchenu Kimais Inisanu. Kashbacha will make happy and joyous like the days of affliction. So that's our aspiration that the month of Av should turn into a month of joy. A month of Simcha should be a true Menachem Avav. Secondly, Shabbos Chazayin, Shabbos Chazayin, which we read from the Sefer Yeshayahu, Chazayin Yeshayahu Ben Amotz. And just an aside, I just saw that most of the time we know that when we, we lane, the, the Psukim which we lane, especially during Tisha B'av, and the rest of the Shiva Pranisa, when we speak about the seven. Uh, the seven uh, Nevi'im, which we read, we really read from those from the prophet Yirmiyahu, which speaks about the downfall. While Yeshaya is always about the Yeshaya is always about the up, the upbeat part of Klal Yisrael. And over here in the Chazon Yeshayahu, we bring from Yeshayahu Anavi. So we have a little message over here that even in the midst of the Tzaras, again the same thing that we're going to see Yeshuas. It's going to be Chazon Yeshayahu Ben Amotz. But they bring down from the Svarim HaKadoshim, the Hasidish Svarim, that they say that the tefillahs, the heartfelt tefillahs that a person has on this Shabbos are accepted by the Rabbanu Shalom more than any other tefillahs of the entire year. And it's possible for a person to be misakin all of the tefillahs that he had during the course of the year the Mila, to be Mila, all of those tefillahs up to the Rebbeinu Shalom. Now we want to quickly move over to the parsha, parsha's Eilah HaDvarim, the fifth of the Chamisha Chumshi Torah. And we know that uh, there's a famous vart from the Vilna Gain. And uh, the, the girl says a very, very upbeat type of look at generally at the Torah. 
We want to share it with you. And he bases it on the Medrash. The Medrash says that going all the way back to Sefer Bereshus, Kodesh Baruch created light. There should be light. And the Medrash says, Reb Yitzchak Posach, Psach Devarecha Yoir. From over here we see that when you open up your mouth, it should be with Ha'ara, it should be with light. Because the Kodesh Baruch the first thing they says, Vahiyar, he created light. So the Vilna Gon says, in the beginning of this week's parish and parish's Devarim, that all of the different beginnings of the parish of the Sfarim, they all begin with light-filled, light-filled uh, statements or words. He says, take a look at the first Pasik in the Torah, Bereshus Bar Lakim. So over there we find that there's seven letters, seven words, excuse me, seven words. That corresponds to the seven Kinei HaMenorah, the candelabra of the menorah. Each one had, it was a seven, a seven um, pillared uh, menorah. And that follows with the concept that the menorah is light. The first Pasik in Sefer, Shmais has 11 words, and that's connected to the 11 kaftarim, the 11 buttons that were on the menorah. Vayikra has nine words, that's connected to the 10 prachim, the nine prachim, the nine flowers. And Bamidbar has 17 words, Vaydabir Hashem Sinai, has 17 words, with the koilo, that's 18, and that corresponds, we always have the extra one we can add on in Gematrius. And that corresponds to the 18 Tfachim of the height of the Menorah. And Eila Dvarim, this week's Parsha, it has 22 words. So the 22 words, they correspond to the what? To the 22 Gvim, the 22 pictures that were on the Menorah. So these are the, these are the, uh, the light-filled statements. The Menorah is all found in the beginning of the parshias, and that's what the Reb Yitzchok said. Psach He wanted to teach us that when we speak about the beginning of the Torah, we always should speak about things which are light filled. And when I always remember this Vilna Gaon, I was bothered by a question which I've had over the years, and now we're going to try to flesh it out and give you two interpretations that we understand the beginning of Sefer Bereshis. It's light filled. It speaks about light. Speaks about the beginning of 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 of, of the creation. Shefer Shemais, also it speaks about, if you remember, going back to Shefer Shemais, it speaks about the names and Rashi comments. It's in order to show the Chavivus, how each one of us is like a star. Sefer Vayikra is a Lushen of Kriya, Kaddish Baruch is calling a Lushen of Chavivus. Sefer Bamidbar, again, it's again a recounting of Klal Yisrael. So again, it's a concept of Chib, of love. But in this week's parasha, it's Eilat Dvarim. What does it speak about in the parasha? It speaks about all of the different Mistakes that Klaus all made. It goes through a whole list. We're going to go through them in, in detail. But we speak about the Midbar and the Rava, Mosuf, and it's all the different mistakes and 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 Averis and Chatayin that Klaus had. So to me, that sounded like it's really not such a light filled thing. So I was thinking in two two different uh, planes in order to give an answer. Plane number one is in a practical way is that the Musr that is given by Moshe Rabbeinu, Rashi comments that even though Moshe Rabbeinu gives Musr, but how does he give Musr? He gives it Beremez. 
There wasn't an outright rebuke to explain every single mistake that they made in detail. It was all Muslim in one word, another word, another word, places, little words. We'll soon see what these little words mean. Why did he do it in such a fashion? Because of the covet of Kla Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu was careful. Even when a person does give Moser, you have to take into account the covet of the Adam. Not to destroy, but to build. What's called constructive criticism. The highest accolade that we can give to a person is to speak about when we're giving the Musa, to tell the person, you're a mechubed. You're a person who is great, has greatness in him. And even though you have greatness, but there are certain mistakes, but you can rectify it. So this is light, Rabbi Sai. This is the light, the words of encouragement that we should give. I think the Shalah Kodesh says, Mefurish, when a person gives Musa, he brings from this week's parasha, person should always make sure not to speak down at the person, but to speak about the highlights, speak about the positive things. And this is a remez over here, that even in the darkness, what do we say? The Maishu Rabbeinu was giving a constructive criticism, because by giving constructive criticism, the person can make himself into a better person. The Maral says, an interesting insight, he explains that the Navi, the difference between this week's parasha, this week's uh, this uh, sefer and all the other svarim is, he gives a mashal that when the rabbanim gave over the the brashes and the shmais and the vayikra and the bamidbar, it was and the words that came out of Moshe Rabbeinu's mouth were the shechina was medaberes mitach grayna. The shechina was speaking from the garan. Moshe Rabbeinu was completely, completely in sync with the rabbanim shalom. It's as if the Rabbanisham was speaking But this week's parish in the Ve'ela Dvarim, there's a separation. It's Moshe Rabbeinu speaking, but it's Moshe Rabbeinu speaking like all the other Nevi'im, the morale says. All the other Nevi'im, they never spoke directly from HaKadosh Baruch There was the prophetic experience that they had, and then when they finished the prophecy, they would go and they would speak the prophecy to Klai Yisrael. So there was some sort of separation. And this week's parasha, this week's, in this, in this sefer, we find that Moshe Rabbeinu, there's like a certain distance. There's a certain separation. So what I was thinking was, is that on one hand, it sounds like, uh, like we said before, that it's, you know, it's, it's more difficult. So what's the light-filled part of it? But the answer is, Rabbi Sai, that really sefer devarim, the Rabbeinu Bachya says, is the Sefer HaGeula. It speaks about the Geula. How the Geula is going to come. Geula always comes through difficulties. It's the final culmination of birth pangs. Birth pangs are suffering. We know a mother, she's the one that carries the child for such a long time. I just mentioned a story about a, a, a relative of mine who wrote a story not so long ago in one of the magazines about how she was born literally right after the Holocaust. And she lived in, in Europe right after the remnants of the survivors. And she was a child that was born right in the, in the, in the, 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 the ashes of the Holocaust. She was born. It brought great chizuk. But one of the things that happened was that because her mother was pregnant with her, so Kitzer, there's a certain biological state, which is that a mother has the ability to have more warmth. So she always said that she said she was able to give warmth to her mother. 
by being in her mother's stomach. Rabbi said, we're holding in Sefer Devarim, we're getting, we're pushing through the darkness of the Golos. We're about to enter not only into Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says, this is the Gulach Reina. Sefer Devarim is all about how we get to the Gulach Reina. The Gulach Reina is the light which comes out at the end of the night. And I was thinking that in the light of what the, the Vilnagon said, that the, there's 22 letters over here. These 22 letters, what do they tell us? 22, If we want to understand how we're supposed to get through the Golas, we get through the Golas by attaching ourselves to the Torah Kedoshah. I have to say over that this week, there were two things that uh, came up. Number one is I had a phone call this week with an old Neriak of Talmud by the name of Donny Fult. Donny Fult lives here in Eretz Yisrael. He is the brother of the Kaddish, Ari Fult, Hashem Yimkim Damov, who died up Hashem in Efrat a little bit less than two years ago. And this week here in Israel, there was a trial and they finally put away the low-life Arab terrorist who took away this beautiful, beautiful life. And they locked him up for life. They gave a tremendous fine. And the truth is, nothing can really bring back the light of a Yid who was a, made a Kiddush Hashem in his, in his life, and he made a Kiddush Hashem in his death, like Ari Hashem Yim Kimdamov. But at least it was closure for the family. And I reached out to Ari, to Dani, and I expressed a little bit of my feeling for him. We know each other for many, many years and for the family. And we all spoke about that. At least now they feel there's closure and they can move on, move on in life. And there's no question that the the life of a person, we can't understand what a life of a Kaddish is. It's no question that he is in a very, very great place. And even though we don't fully understand things, but at least now we can try to aspire that we can extend ourselves whatever we do in life to try to make ourselves into better people. That's number one. And number two is in our tefillahs and davening to try to raise up our sights and to hope and pray that we are now getting closer to the final culmination of all the tzoros. We should be zoichim Hashem to the final gula. We should be zoichim to tchiyas hamesim, able to see our loved ones. That was one thing I was thinking about. The second thing I was thinking about that this week is also the yard site of one of my great rabbeim of the Mir Yeshiva was like an unsung hero in the Mir Yeshiva, Rabbi Aryeh Finkel Zeichot Tzadik Levracha, who was the great, great Rosh Yeshiva of the Yeshiva's Brachfeld later on in life. But when I came to the Mir Yeshiva over 40-some-odd years ago, he was a Rebbe, and he was my first Rebbe in the Mir Yeshiva. He was a tremendous, tremendous Balmidus and Balmusser, besides being a great Talmud Chacham. And I wanted to mention, I saw this morning that the day that he was nifter, he learned in the morning, he would learn after davening, he would have a little Musr Chabur Avad, and they would learn different Svarim, and he would add on a little bit to stories and a little bit of insights. The last thing that he learned was Vahasir, Kascha, Melibcha, what the rush brings down in the Orchus Chaim Rush. The person should remove Kas from his heart. Aryeh was such a soft person. But he sp- expounded on this fashion that a person should make sure not to have any anger in his heart. And it happened to be that night he passed away. So it was very fitting 
that this person that depicted the concept of removal of kas, that is the way he left his world. Rabbi Sai, we're in a time of tzara, but we have to remember, chazayin yishayahu, chazayin means vision. We have to understand that HaKadosh Baruch he's the one that has the big vision. Let us be mischazik, and let's pray and daven that this Shabbos chazayin, where the tefillahs are more mekobol, that this Shabbos, Shabbos Devarim, beginning of a new Sefer, as we're entering into the final culmination of the Golos, and we hope and we pray that it should bring the Gula. We hope and we pray that Rabban Hashem should watch over every single member of Klal Yisrael. Everyone should be safe. We should be zeichet to the Gula Shlema, the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu. We should be able to see each other and to dance at the Beis HaMikdash. Bimheirav Yamein Amen Vamein. Wishing everyone a good Shabbos. Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day.